Many things in the life of the fellowship parallel the school year. Board terms, committee work, class schedules, and even my vacation are designed so that things here slow down over the summer. In these last few weeks of June, though, there are always many last-minute details to be attended to. There are calendars to be shared, volunteers to be thanked, plans to be made for keeping everything running as our leadership transitions and as families take advantage of the summer break to leave town for a little while. On top of all these things is also the annual meeting of Unitarian Universalist congregations called General Assembly, at which information is shared and the direction of our association is decided. It happens the last week of June every year. And so, in the hectic whirl of leading up to the lull of summer, many congregations fail to pause and note the transitions that are happening in their midst. They fail to recognize the many people whose hard work and dedication creates their ministry. They fail to celebrate the successful completion of another year. And most of all, they fail to acknowledge that some among us have reached an important milestone in their lives, the completion of high school. Whether these graduates are going on to college, starting jobs, joining the military, traveling the world, or taking some time to figure things out, they are making a huge transition. The transition from the world of children and youth to the world of adults. Many of our congregations have ignored this transition. It's no wonder then that so many of the youth who grow up in our congregations leave our movement never to be heard from again. It's no wonder that so many young adults have reported to me and others over the years that they have been greeted with puzzled looks when, they sh- when they've showed up at new congregations far from home. No one in those new congregations expected ever to see young adults, much less young adults who were already Unitarian Universalists. And so, some years ago, young adults got together and created what has come to be known as the bridging ceremony. The ceremony was designed to celebrate the transition from youth to young adulthood, to send the message to our youth that we hope that their adulthood will happen within Unitarian Universalist congregations, and to remind the others in the congregation that youth do not cease to be Unitarian Universalists when they leave home. Far from it. It is in that time of uncertainty that they just might need the comfort of a religious community the most. In the intervening years, the bridging ceremony has become a common Unitarian Universalist rite of passage. In a few minutes, we will honor and celebrate the graduating seniors in our midst. It is customary, though, in bridging ceremonies for there to be some reflection on this transition, some charge given to those about to enter young adulthood. So today, it is my honor to offer both of those things and my challenge to combine them with a message meaningful to people of all ages. So I think I'll start with a story. My sophomore year of college, I was introduced to a woman named Susie by a mutual friend. It seemed that we had been hired to work on the same floor as resident assistants in the dorm the next year, and our friend Karen was sure we'd hit it off. Karen was right. 
Over the course of the next two years in school, Susie and I engaged in all manners of craziness, typical college things, I assure you. Over the summer and on breaks, we got the chance to hang out around Westchester. I lived in Armonk and Susie in Chappaqua. So late nights at diners, frequent visits to movie theaters, and almost endless drives down windy back roads became things of my fondest young adult memories. After college, we kept in touch. Some of you, no doubt, have even heard stories that come from Susie's wedding about the rehearsal that took place at the Mount Kisco Presbyterian Church, site of the ordination and installation we celebrated last fall, and even at my, of my first glimpse at my call to the ministry as Susie and her husband Dan asked me to read a traditional blessing in their wedding ceremony. Later, Susie moved to Buffalo with her husband, and later to Boston. I moved to North Carolina. Our visits became more and more sporadic. Sometimes we'd see each other at Karen's house in Albany. Often we'd get together around Christmas. Sometime around 2001, as best as we can figure, we lost touch entirely. Life intervened. Susie and Dan had a three-year-old child. All three of us had brand new jobs that were keeping us quite occupied. Eric had become a priority for my time and energy. Nothing earth-shattering, just life. So when last Tuesday I got an email from Susie, I was stunned, thrilled, but stunned. And when she mentioned that she was in New York City for a week of training, I became positively giddy. We met for dinner on Thursday, and years melted away. All night, we kept returning to how amazed and ashamed we both were that it had been seven years since we last spoke. Seven years. And all night, we pondered again and again how easy it was for the ridiculous and petty details of life to intervene in a friendship, one that was important and meaningful. Some of you might be familiar with the work of organizational guru Stephen Covey, author of First Things First, among other books. Covey asks those who use his system to separate out tasks by whether they are important, urgent, both, or neither. We are then instructed to do the important things first, in order of how urgent they are, and leave the non-important things for last. Too often, though, our lives are taken over by things that would fall under the category of urgent but not important. Some meetings, many phone calls, and most insidiously of all, perhaps most emails, fall into this category. Must see TV? Urgent but not important. These things beg for our immediate attention despite the fact that they really don't make much difference in our lives. And too often, they take up so much of our time that we never get to the things that are important, but not urgent. Among the things that fall into this category are planning, values clarification, and, it is telling, relationship building. Sitting over dinner in Manhattan on Thursday, Susie and I realized that we had sacrificed all that we had sacrificed to the urgent but not important in our lives. To be sure, there were important things 
going on as well. But those were not the things that kept us from picking up the phone in the evening. They were not the things that kept us from sending off a quick, how are you, note. And it wasn't just our friendship that had suffered. We realized that along the way, any number of things that were important to us had fallen by the wayside. Susie lamented not being the activist she was in college. I realized that I don't remember the last time I had the kind of spontaneous fun that was my mainstay in those years. We have lost sight of things that we really valued, things that we, things that we were able to remind each other of because Susie finally managed to put aside something urgent in order to reconnect with me. In each of our lives, we are constantly called to sift through things urgent and not, important and not. We each far too often make the mistake of tending to the urgent things. And so I encourage all of you today, but most especially those of you about to embark upon the journey of adulthood, to pay attention. Pay attention to the things that are truly important in your life. Pay attention to how you are living from the deepest core of your values. Pay attention to how you are investing in keeping alive the relationships that call you to be your best self. Don't lose touch with the things that feed you, that nourish your soul, that keep you strong. Don't lose touch with people who make you laugh, who inspire you to do good things, who remind you of your hopes and aspirations, who connect you with your roots. And I hope for all of you, but most especially for those of you about to leave home as adults, that one of the things that is important to you, even if it's not urgent, is your spiritual life. I hope that you will take time to make sure that you are connected with something greater than yourself, the ground of being, the spirit of life, the support of community, the power we have to make justice in the world, something. I hope that you will stay in touch with this community as well, and that you will find your place in Unitarian Universalism as an adult. My friend, the Reverend Amy Strano Bennett, in 2002, wrote the following in response to a survey in which she was asked, why is Unitarian Universalism important to you? She wrote, Unitarian Universalism is important to me because it's revolutionary, magical, practical, welcoming, faith-uplifting, mine. UU congregations are where I find spiritual communities, she wrote. My leadership is encouraged and nourished, not just by my elders, but by my peers. It's a place where I've made precious friendships. She concluded, Within Unitarian Universalism, I find my religious home, one that connects me to my parents, my friends, my partner, and my world. I hope that you too, whatever age you are, wherever you are on your spiritual journey, can relate in some way to Amy's words. I hope that all of you spend whatever time and energy is necessary to keep in touch with those people and those things in your life 
that make you feel nurtured, inspired, welcomed, uplifted, and at home. Be they the best of friends or your religious community, members of your family, or important mentors in your life. And for those of you who are making that leap, that journey across the bridge from youth to young adulthood, I hope that you will always know that you are in our hearts. You are part of this community, wherever you find yourself next. And I hope that you will remember that as you go. Blessed be.